Do you like that last song? That's a fun song, isn't it? You know, maybe if some of you knew, it was like, what is Jehovah? Jehovah, (laughs) the name of God in the Old Testament in Hebrew is is Yahweh, where there's no um, vowels in there. And so Jehovah is a transliteration of the name of God from the Old Testament. And then we were singing about different aspects of the name of God and who he is to us. So maybe that's answering somebody's question out there. So Jehovah is God. And the other thing I just wanted to make mention of, you remember last week we had all of our kids on the stage. We celebrated going back to school. And then I, and I talked and I inspired you to get involved in City Kids. Do you remember that? Do you remember how inspired you were last week? And so we had a bunch of parents and some people volunteer in City Kids. So good. Thank you so much. But if you were convicted or inspired last week, and you're like, okay, a bunch of other people volunteered. I don't have to. I'm still here this morning. <laughs> you don't have to pray about it anymore. In fact, you don't actually have to pray about it. You just need to sign up. Now, there are probably some logistical things, some people, you know, work schedules and stuff like that don't uh, avail you to be able to serve, and all of those practical things make sense. And, you know, so you need to take those things into account. But generally speaking... You're available on Sunday morning because I see you right now. <laughs> so it's not too late to sign up for City Kids. And, and, you know, one of the things for people signing up is like, oh, my gosh, I don't know that I could teach a class. I'm not confident enough to do that. Don't worry about that. If you're of that, of that you know, thinking, we're not asking you to start day one teaching a class. Part of, um, a big part of serving kids is crowd control with love. So if you, especially if you know, if you're a parent, you know that you love your kids most of the time, here's the opportunity to love someone else's kids and to help one of the teachers with crowd control. That's an important thing. And again, we don't want to be turning people away from city kids because of ratios. Because again, we, we, if we're us to take a certain amount of kids, we need a, a certain amount of volunteers in there. All of that is dictated to us by our plan to protect. So we can't, you know, have 70 kids and, and two volunteers. I mean, that's not even practical anyway, but there is like a legal ratio that we need to keep. So it's not too late to sign up for City Kids. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. Well, we are in part four of our series, uh, Renew and Reflect. And what we are doing in this series is that we are reminding uh, ourselves, and some of these things will be familiar to you, some of them will be seed or certain people of watering for others, um, to remind ourselves in the different ways God renews us on the inside. And the reason God renews us on the inside is he wants those aspects of who he is, some of which we just sang about in the last song, um, to be reflected in our lives, to show up in the life that we live, to show up in our families, to show up in our neighborhoods, to show up on the job, that God does something in us renews us so that can be reflected in our lives. Because here we are, we're moving into the fall. It's kind of a new season, kind of the, the second um, sort of new year, so to speak. And we, we got to get ready for some stuff. Kids going back to school, maybe he's starting a new job, different things going on. The weather's going to be changing, um, just different things going on. And we always want to be preparing for what's upcoming. Because partly we know when we live in this broken world, we're going to be facing some difficulties. God is not bringing difficulties in our way. He's a good God, but he's going to be helping us. He's going to be helping us in those mountaintop moments. He's going to be helping us in those valley moments. And so part of that is he wants us to be prepared, be ready. He wants us to be renewed so that we can live those things out. The word renew just means to restore, 
change, refresh, make new spiritually, and it means to bring back again. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this is God's desire for us, that we would go through life um, and these are all just metaphors, us running, walking, flying through life. And so what does God want us to do? He wants us to have our strength renewed. And they, at the end of last week's uh, message, we talked specifically about strength, that God wants us to be renewed in strength, his strength, so that we are ready. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16 says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. We are all getting older. So we are all facing the aging process. Nothing we can do about that. Can't reverse aging. But on the inside, the scripture is telling us here that we can be renewed, that we can be refreshed, that we can be strong on the inside. Doesn't, nothing against bodily exercise. We should exercise. It's, it's important for us to do that. But we want to be renewed on the inside. And we can do that every day in our relationship with God. Verse 17, for our light affliction, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary or changeable. The things that we see, the circumstances of the world are temporary, they're changeable, but what is unseen is eternal. And really for us, that is our heart, our soul, our spirit, the eternal part of us. That unseen part, that's the part that can be renewed day by day. So the first week we talked about healing as we celebrated communion together. The second week we talked about forgiveness. Last week we talked about overflowing grace. And at the end we talked about strength. So if you missed any of those messages, um, I encourage you to go back to our podcast and then also our YouTube page to catch up on those messages. So today we're going to be talking about peace. Do you like peace? You know, when we, when we get in the presence of God, when we start worshiping God, like this morning, we get our attention on him and the Holy Spirit shows up and start, starts to manifest himself in our lives. Do you know what that is? It's peace. God shows up with his peace. You know, when, when, when Jesus was getting water baptized, the, the illustration that we see in the scripture that the, the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus like a dove, not a dove. There wasn't a physical bird there in that story. But the representation for us is a dove is and still is today a symbol of peace. And this is God's present present for us, the Holy Spirit. When he shows up in our lives, he leads us with peace. And did you like that idea? God out in front of us, leading us. See, the enemy drives us and pushes us and wants us to be frustrated and anxious and nervous. But the Holy Spirit, God himself, leads us from out in front of us with peace. Shows up in our life with peace. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Talk about this at Christmas time, and we talk about it various times through the year. But again, we want to be renewed in this idea that God actually wants us to live internally on the inside, regardless of the temporary, changeable things that we're facing in this world, because the world will change. 
It doesn't matter what's going on around us. We can actually be experiencing peace on the inside, regardless of the circumstances. The word peace is in the Old Testament, uh, and this is still a Hebrew greeting today, shalom. This word means completeness, soundness, welfare. I love this. A state of tranquility. Don't you want that in your home? Don't you want that in your life? Man, we should all desire this for us. At ease. Harmonious state of soul and mind. Because we can be living in a constant state of turmoil on the inside of us that we can be looking at the exterior things. And all of those things can frustrate us and cause us to be anxious. But God wants us to live in his peace. He wants us to live at ease in the state of tranquility. Now, when we think about the scripture, there's a lot in the scripture, a lot in the New Testament. We're gonna read a bunch of verses this morning about the peace of God. And all of, the, all of the New Testament was written in this time in history called Pax Romana or the Peace of Rome. And you can look this up, study it this afternoon a little bit. But this was a very specific period in the time of the Roman Empire, about approximately uh, 30 BC until approximately 180 AD. This 200-year period where uh, Rome was experiencing a tremendous amount of prosperity and peace, and they were building roads, and they had police force, and they had a fire department, and they were, um, for the Roman citizens, there was this thing being declared to them all the, all the time, Pax Romana. Now, it wasn't necessarily peace on the outskirts of Rome where Rome's army continued to take over (laughs) different people groups. Those people weren't necessarily experiencing peace. They were actually experiencing war. But if you were uh, a member of the kingdom of Rome of that time, again, this is what was being told to us for those people. Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. Rome is providing you peace. So when we see the New Testament writers, they're talking about the kingdoms of this world, specifically for them, they were talking about this idea, the Roman Empire, that the the Roman Empire was promising peace, that we're going to keep you safe from all of the forces around us, and that we're going to give you peace for your life, that there was going to be this promise of peace. But then again, if you read in the New Testament, there's this comparison and contrast between what the world can provide, the kingdoms of this world versus the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God providing for us? And really, it's kind of no different today that there will always be somebody coming and promising us peace. See, Pax Romana was saying to us, was saying to the New Testament people of that time that Rome, the government, the state, the king, the Caesars will provide you peace. There's always going to be some person, some politician, and their running slogan, part of it will be they're going to fix everything for your life, right? These are the promises they're running on. If you vote for me, your life will be so much better and, and you will experience it. And they're making these promises to us. 
And we can think, yeah, yeah, Pastor Brent, that's true. If the person that I would support, the person who thinks like me politically, would get into power for sure, my life would be so much better. Nah. Really, all a politician is going to do, generally speaking, is going to manage the chaos. Some are going to do better than others, right? Not that I don't have political opinions and who I vote for, different things like that, and I'm not going to talk about that from this stage. But partly what I'm saying is no government... No government leader, no politicians, even the ones you like, can actually promise you peace for your soul. They can manage the province and the nation different ways. But this promise of peace, again, is nothing new. And again, if you look all around the world today, locally and provincially, nationally and globally, there's leaders promising you peace. They're going to fix all the stuff. But it's not going to come from people. It's not going to come from the kingdoms of this world. It's not going to come from some person who is finite. That we can only experience peace in our soul from the infinite God. We're not going to get it from a person. We're not going to get it from an institution. And when we think about the, the state of the world and the various wars, actual wars that are being fought and wars over different things, culture wars. There's a lot of things that could potentially disrupt our peace. There's things that could be at war with our peace and and could rob our peace. One of those things could be stress, varying degrees of stress that we're facing in our lives in different times and different months of the year that that our schedules are super busy and then all of those things can... um, just cause us to experience stress. And we know that there's an external force, but in the midst of stress, stressful situations, we can actually experience peace. Cares of this world can rob us of our peace. Hurry, rushing, restlessness can all be a heart posture that just rob us of our peace. Now, when I, I talk about Hurry doesn't mean that you shouldn't be on time for things like church and your job and the movies you go to, right? You go to the movies on time. I always bring this up. You can come to church on time too. Anyway, but this heart posture that we have, this restless, hurried heart posture can just be robbing us of our peace, the peace that God wants us to experience. The peace that God wants to renew our heart with. And then the last one that can rob us of our peace and something we can't get away from is people. People can rob us of our peace with the experiences that we have with them and the relationships that we have with them and the things that they say and the things that they don't say and the things that I wish that they would say, that all of those external things, we could be approaching people in a way that causes us to be robbed of our peace. Now, about this one, what I, what I would like to say, what I'm going to say, is that if in all of your relationships you have problems It's not them. It's you. You got problems in the home, problems in the job. You're restless. It's it's your heart. It's your heart posture. It isn't the people. 
Because people, this is part of the learning of growing up, is people aren't gonna do what you want them to do. This is a big part of when I'm training my daughters. When I was training my daughters to drive, and when I drive with them, they still need more training, but that's another subject. (laughs) When they're driving through an intersection, and they're just going, and there's people turning, I'm like, you just need to lift in going through the intersection. Why? Because the other drivers don't always do what they're supposed to do. So that's just part of the expectation of living with imperfect people. They're not always going to do what they are supposed to do. Bank on it. So if their imperfection is going to cause you to live in a state of restlessness in your heart, again, they're not the problem. It's the state of our heart. We need to allow peace to rule in our hearts so that peace can be reflected in our relationships. Can I get an amen? So only peace can be found in God. It's not going to be found in people. It's not going to be found in human organizations. It's not going to be found in political systems. That all peace can only, only be found in God. John 16, 32 says this. Behold, the hour is coming indeed. It has come when you will be scattered each in, to his own home. Now Jesus is saying to his disciples, and will leave me alone, yet I'm not alone. For the Father is with me. So Jesus is prophesying about his disciples leaving him. And really, you know, uh, Peter famously denied Jesus, but one of the scriptures says they all deserted him. But he says, I'm not going to be alone. I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In me, Jesus is saying, not in the politicians, not in other people, what they do or they don't do, not in stressful situations. You're not going to find peace in that. And we're going to continue to face stressful situations. But we have to access the resource of peace in our heart that we have in Christ. This is what Jesus is saying. In him. In our relationship with him that we are going to experience the peace of God. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way, the Lord be with you all. What is he? He's the Lord of peace. Jesus is the Lord of peace. God himself is the Lord of peace, not people. So don't look for it from people. You're not gonna get it from people. You're not gonna get it from politicians. You're not gonna get it from world leaders. God is the God of peace. And then he's saying to us, we're gonna have peace at all times. But... Pastor Brent, there's wars happening on this very same rock. And haven't you seen this? And haven't you seen this? But that doesn't mean you can't have peace in your heart. And you can't have peace in your relationship with God. And that doesn't mean you deny what's going on in the world. But the peace that God gives renews us on a daily basis so that we can face the battles that we're going to face. But let's not let stress rule in our hearts. Have you ever let stress rule in your heart? Come on, let's be honest this morning. Just the stuff that we're facing, it just, just wants to take over our lives and take over our emotions. But we can have peace in the midst of the battle. We can have a clear mind when things are really hard and need to be changed and the people in our life need to change. 
which is all of the people in our lives, including you. We all need to change. In the middle of all that, we can have peace ruling in our hearts. So again, let's compare and contrast and think about what the writers are saying here, living in this time of Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, the, pre, the peace that the government can provide, the Caesars can provide. Romans 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, not a matter of these external things, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is inside you. This is where God dwells, that we can have peace regardless of these exterior things. And this is the kingdom of God. See, the kingdoms of this world, people can promise, hey, we'll provide peace out here for you. Politicians can promise something for your neighborhood, but they can't do anything for your soul. But this is where the rulership of God, the kingdom of God should be showing up in our lives. This is what the kingdom of God is like. We're gonna have peace in the Holy Spirit. Peace comes with listening. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. And that's what we need to do a lot of times when there's stress all around us and we feel it creeping into our hearts. We need to pause and listen to God. And what does he say? Be still and know that I am God. That means a couple things. It means the circumstances aren't God. It means that other people aren't God. And it means that you and I aren't God. So we can't fix all the things. But God is God. And I'm gonna find peace in my relationship with him. And he's gonna be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. Sitting in his presence, listening. And again, if we... When, when we sing and worship and we allow the lyrics of what we're saying to penetrate our hearts, we'll just be reminded of how good God is. And he's the Lord of peace. Jehovah Nisi fight my battles, right? That should bring peace to our hearts. Oh yeah, God is on my side. God is helping me, I'm not alone. I can have peace when I go to this battle because I know God is on my side. Peace comes from a disciplined mind. Psalm 4, verse 8, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. You alone, O Lord, will make me dwell in safety. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. So this is where a lot of times we'll discover how much of the peace of God we're allowing to rule on our hearts when we lay down and go to sleep. Can we just go to sleep? Or do we lay there and worry and stress? What about this? And what about the bills? And what about the kids? And what about the government? And what about all the stuff? What about this? And what about, are we, or are we just laying there in peace and we'll just go to sleep and we're just gonna trust God? Because he is the Lord of peace. Peace comes from a disciplined mind. Listen, Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you indeed were called in one body and be thankful. This idea that peace would rule in our hearts, that peace would be the umpire, that peace would decide if I let it in or I don't let it in. 
Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And again, we, we can't be just thinking that everybody else is the problem because I'm facing stress. Am I, am I letting peace rule in my heart? What about me? What am I doing? Does Jesus rule in my heart? Do I allow peace to be the umpire for my thoughts? Do you know that you have control over your mind? That you decide what you think about. And you can change your mind. You can decide to think about something else. You know, one pastor said it like this, you know, you you can't stop the birds from flying around your head, but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. The thoughts are going to come, but whether or not it sticks in your mind and you think about it and you consider it and you mull it over, that's all up to you. So we have to decide the thoughts that I'm thinking that are causing me to be stressed out, frustrated. What am I allowing into my heart? Am I thinking about God? And am I resting in his presence? And I'm like, oh, be still and know that I am God. Do I allow the peace of God to rule in my life? As opposed to all of these external things. Isaiah 26 verse three says, keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You you decide whether or not you're gonna live in perfect peace. Not, Not other people and what they do. You can't blame other people for the state of your heart. He wants to keep us in perfect peace whose mind stayed on you because he trusts in you. The same thing that we could do laying in bed at night. What about this? What about this? What about this? All of those things. What do we need to do? We need to trust God with all of those things. Trusting for his wisdom and his grace and his favor and his leading. He's leading us with peace. He's not pushing us with frustration. Romans 8, 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And really, listen, we all want to live in peace. We might have a habit of living in stress. We might have a habit of letting everything steal our peace. But ultimately, this is what we want. Mind the state on the flesh. It's death. But a mind that's set on the spirit is life and peace. It's another thought about peace. Peace comes through prayer or we're gonna experience peace when we pray. Philippians 4, verse six. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And after that, verse seven, after verse six, After you do that, verse seven, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let's not live with an anxious heart because we can live with a peaceful heart. How do we live with a peaceful heart? All of these things that I'm anxious about, that I'm carrying around, I'm gonna pray about those things. I'm gonna trust God about those things. And after I do that, the peace of God shows up. 
putting our trust in God. And then finally, let's finish with this. We want that peace to be reflected in our lives, the peace that we experience with God, the peace that we're gonna choose because we're gonna pray about things instead of worry about those things, and the peace that we're gonna experience because we're sitting in God's presence and being still and know that he is God. And then we're gonna experience peace because of a disciplined mind that we have. All of those things should be reflected in our lives. Have you ever lived in a season in your home? Maybe, how can we describe it? Less than perfect peace. Okay, just, just me and Nicole, fine. <laughs> From this side, let me tell you what it's like. <laughs> it's really hard, right? To get up in the morning and stress. And you're going to bed at night and an anxious heart. See, because all of that, again, gets reflected to those around us, Right? A lot of times people just want you to enter into their nervousness. They want you to enter into their stress. Inside of the home and outside of the home. But you and I, we should choose peace. We should choose to allow peace to rule in our hearts. Because God wants us to be peacemakers. Because we want peace. It's the starting place, man. We want it in our homes. But listen. Peace has to start in my heart with me. It's got to start with me. Okay, I'm like, no, Pastor Brunson, everybody else is the problem. My family and all my coworkers and everybody on the road. Peace has to start with you so that it can be reflected in your life. Romans 12, verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, not the other people, not your wife, not your husband. Live peaceably with all. As far as it depends, other people are gonna do stuff. They're gonna do stuff, right? Haven't they done stuff? They do stuff. They do stuff to us all the time. But as far as it depends on you, follower of Jesus, I'm gonna choose to live peaceably. I'm gonna choose to allow the peace of God to rule in my life, not all of these external things. James 3.18. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Making peace. He said, for singles, don't feel left out right now. But for all of the married people in the room, we're going to have a harvest of righteousness when we sow peace. Now, every married people all the married people in the room, you know at the point in the discussion when you can throw fire on the fire or gasoline on the fire, because let's, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm feeling good right now. Let's go. I've got two hours to argue. Or... How do I make peace right now? How do I make peace? I don't know what, I don't know what they're gonna choose, but how do I make peace? 
Now a little bit, this will come with practice. Nicole and I married 29 years and part of it is just like, I can't be bothered fighting anymore. You know what I'm saying? Let's just make peace. You know what I'm saying? And that year one, year two, you're like, we're going to fight about everything. I'm going to get my way about everything. That's a really bad idea. But instead of that, what am I going to choose? I'm going to choose. I am going to choose to make peace. How am I going to make peace in this situation? How can we resolve this? Because there's a harvest of righteousness in that. Amen. First Peter chapter three, verse eight says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly heart, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. For those, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, don't we desire that? Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So what if all of us did this? How would it change the world that we live in if we are seeking peace? Harmony. And it doesn't mean there's not gonna be some difficult conversations because people think differently about the same subject, right? Have you figured that out? And so what are we gonna do? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna seek after peace in this situation. Nobody wants war in the world, but also nobody wants war in their relationships. So we're gonna seek after peace. I am gonna choose to seek after peace, pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Finally, this, Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Now, when we talk about being a peacemaker, that doesn't mean we don't resist the enemy in our lives. Just because we're a peaceful person, okay, I give up, I guess. No, that's not what I'm talking about. We do, we need to resist the enemy. I want to be at peace with the enemy in my life. Talking about people now. That doesn't mean we don't take a stand for godly ways, godly principles according to the kingdom of God. And there might be some differences that we would face in conversations who are adhering to the kingdoms of this world. Doesn't mean we can have a, a discussion of disagreement, but we can do it with peace, peace ruling in our heart. See, we want peace to rule in our heart the whole journey of our lives so that it can be reflected in our homes. And the same peace that we can experience in the presence of God, we can experience in our relationships. We can experience in the midst of difficulty and in the midst of stress and in the midst of the circumstances all around us that God is still the Lord of peace. And we should be still and know that he is God. Let's just pray today. God, we love you so much. We thank you for your peace today.
We thank you, Lord, for soundness of mind. God, we choose in this moment to let the peace of God, the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. God, we just examine ourselves in this moment. And when we we think about the ways that stress has robbed us of your peace, a restless heart has robbed us of your peace. Anxiousness has robbed us of your peace. But God, we resist all of that today and we just yield to you. And we just bring those things that we're worried about and bring those to you and we pray and we, we thank you that we can experience your peace and then we keep our minds stayed on you. And we keep our hearts trusting in you, just this posture of trust so that we can experience your peace in the midst of the battle. God, we just think about you and your goodness. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the Prince of Peace in our lives, that you rule by peace. So we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you are here this morning and you don't feel like you have a relationship with God, you know, the the scripture talks about that we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. So if you're here this morning and not a follower of Jesus, I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. I invite you to pray along with me. Everybody needs a starting place with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you used to be close to God. Maybe something happened and you kind of feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you. God is inviting you close to himself. Again, the gospel, the good news is all about what Jesus has done for us. The Prince of Peace. That he came, he lived a sinless life, he died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, God just offers us a gift of a relationship with himself. It's just a gift. And all we have to do with that gift is say yes. We can't earn it. We can't qualify for it by being religious or pretending that we're perfect because we're none of those things really well. All we have to do is say yes to the gift of relationship with God. So if that's you today, either for the very first time or you're rededicating your life to Christ, that church, we're all gonna pray this out loud together, praying it with those people. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you so today I say yes to that relationship I say yes to your righteousness God I call you my father Jesus I call you my Lord God I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own I thank you for salvation today Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's congratulate those that did that for the first time today. Hey, if that is you this morning, you either said yes to Jesus for the very first time or you rededicated your life to Christ, we have some materials that will help you on your discipleship journey. This is just a one-time moment, 
but Jesus has called us all to be disciples, in other words, lifelong learners. So the books and materials that we have for you will help you to start that journey. Please fill out the Connect card if you made that choice today. Check off the appropriate box. And if you turn that uh, card into the um, info desk in the lobby, one of our team members out there would love to greet you and then also to give you those materials. Hey, if you uh, came to church today hoping to have somebody to pray with you or for you, if you are facing any sickness and disease, any other difficult situation, something that might be robbing you of your peace, some of our church leaders will be up here at the front of the stage after service is dismissed, and they will be happy to pray with you about any of those circumstances. Let's all stand up together today. And the leaders, you guys can make your way up to the front to get ready to pray. Remember all the announcements that Isabel made. I can't actually remember what they were, but I know it's important that you remember what they were. City groups, worship and prayer night. I know youth is changing, dates. There's lots of stuff happening. What's that? Meet the staff, right? If you're new to church and we haven't had a chance to meet yet. So all these good things that are happening. (laughs) Thank you for coming to church today. Have a great afternoon. Let's rely on the peace of God today. Amen. You're dismissed.